Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode with Life With Your Dog. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu, and today we're going to be talking about some of the mechanics of how to back tie your dog. And there's two ways that we're going to be back, you can back tie your dog. And when it comes to, and mainly I want to be focusing on when you're leaving your dog for prolonged periods of time, unsupervised, and why we should be putting that dog on a harness versus putting the dog on a collar. And it may seem really, really obvious, but the reason why I wanted to talk, um, and Luke actually had this question, so it was an in-studio question today. Last time when we were recording at the studio, we, I was leaving the, um, leaving the building, and as I was walking out, there was a dog, a little cavalier, tied up on, a, um, on his collar on a long line, probably about like seven meters long. And I know Louis, when I walk out, I know how much space he's got until we can hit, um, get to the end of the lead. So as I come out and I had my dogs with me, standing right next to me, he gets off his chair and run full speed right at me. And as he's running at me, because the lead coming from his collar went up under his belly, so it was in between all of his legs as he was running at me, he hit the end of the lead so hard. And what happened was he flipped he did a front flip and he landed on, on on his back leg. And the moment he hit the, and I knew you hear the impact that he hit the ground and he started freaking. He was yelping and he was screaming like a crazy dog. Just a side note, apologies if I'm a bit nasally today, but hay fever season's on its way. So that's why I'm probably sounding a little bit nasally. But um, yeah, so he hit the end of the lead. He did a front flip, smacked his his leg, and he was freaking out. Now, his leg was deformed, man. It was up high, somewhere where it shouldn't be. Obviously, he was favoring it. So when you hurt yourself, you kind of lift it up so there's no pressure on there. But he definitely did something. He broke it or he dislocated it or something happened. And the owner came out. um, Unfortunately, he didn't speak much English. It was hard to explain what happened. And I just basically said that he ran and you flipped over and you hurt himself and that he needed to go to the vet ASAP. It's hard. Why do old dogs always injure themselves on a Sunday afternoon when most vets are closed, right? But, um, but yeah, so a few things that could work from, um, work in this situation in regards to how we can prevent any injury, um, and death. And of course, give our dogs the, the, the best experience because, First of all, I'm not a big fan of tying a dog up, whether it's on a harness or on a collar, out the front where you're not supervised. For First of all, if the dog's going to be on a collar, there's two things. I already explained, number one, that random injuries like that can happen. And it could happen anyway, even if the dog's on a harness and it was wrapped around his back leg and he was running, can still pull a ligament out or something. But being on that collar, um, he's front-loaded now. So as soon as he hits that pressure, he's going to um, flip over it and damage and limb. But also... If he's up on that collar and he goes under the chair of the cat of the um goes under the leg of the chair, then comes back around, then goes up under the table. So he's just general sniffing around. What could happen is then the dog's now interwebbed and connected with all this lead. And the more the dog tries to escape out of it, the more pressure they inevitably put put back onto themselves. And that's how you have a dog choke themselves out and they die, right? Or they really, really stress being back there. 
And that could be a big problem too. So that collar can choke him out and then other things can come from it. And of course, dogs can back out of flat collars as well. And then if you have like a martingale or, or a check chain or some sort of slip at the end of it, that's no good for nobody. He runs at the end of that and he's just going to damage him, his neck even further. Um, it would be good to have like a something that he can't get out of. But if you have a flat collar, he can slip out of that. So now you have a dog that you're trying to secure out the front. And if you're unsupervising him, he either hurts himself like poor little Louis did the other day. Um, and I think we got reports back saying that the vet said that it was a broken leg, so the dog now needs surgery, right? So that's number one. Number two is that the dog can choke himself out. And then number three is that if the dog's in a compromised position and a stranger comes to help them, they may be so stressed and scared that they may bite you. And that's one reason why I didn't really touch Louis as it was happening. So I had my dogs with me. And as I approached, my dogs walked up and Nookie was so sweet. She came up and like had a little sniff of him to see if he was okay because he was in distress. But because I don't know the dog, I've never touched the dog before, the last thing I want to do is while he's in that state of mind is to handle him and pick him up and try to help him. I stood there. I was there to to make sure that nothing bad, um, worse came from the situation. The owner came out immediately. But that's another tip as well is that if a dog's in distress, you know, obviously save the dog if you have to, for sure. But just be mindful that when a dog's stressed out, they may bite you. Now, having the dog on a harness, in that situation, what happened to Louis, he can run, 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 hit the end of it, and all that pressure just hits his chest, and boom, and then he can bark at us or whatever he wants. And less likely for an injury to happen. Now, of course, if he's hanging up on the chair, he's on a little spin to kind of sit down on the chair, then maybe the lead of that in that situation wrapped around his leg, and then he goes to run, and then, you know, these things can happen, but the likelihood of him having a worse um, injury than what happened the other day is a lot less likely. So, now, another thing you got to think about as well is that if you are going to back tie a dog for prolonged periods of time, you don't really want to put them on just a nylon long lead or something because they can just chew through it straight away. So you can get those cable cable leads that are wrapped in like a soft plastic and you see them at like different warehouse stores or at the pet stop, pet shop rather, and they have clips on either end. So you tie it around a secure pole and then you tie it to the dog's harness. And you can do that when you're out camping and things like that. Just so the dog's not sitting there, choose it three times, it's off. Then now the dog's off the lead and he runs away, see? So that's really, really important. Excuse me one sec. Whew. The spring is on its way for our, for our Southern Hemisphere people, so I'm very, very happy. I know we still got a little bit of winter left and it's been pretty cold, but um, but it's super awkward as well, having hay fever and having a runny nose or sneezing a couple of times and everyone thinks you're sick and you've got leprosy. So it's a bit of a challenge. Got to hit up those antihistamines. So um, now back tying a dog. Now, if you're like just quickly tied your dog up, to go inside and grab your coffee and come back, the dog can be on a collar. It's there. You're, it's beyond unsupervised for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, you know. And when I say unsupervised, in those sort of situations, there's people around. If your dog's in a real shitty situation, um, you'll be notified immediately. You'll know something's happening. And in those sort of contexts, you can see your dog. So um, so you can use a collar for those sort of back ties, like tie-out exercises, completely sweet as. Obviously, if a puppy, the puppy's wearing a harness, you tie it to its harness. If it's an older dog on, on a training collar, um, well, then you, you put it on, on, on the collar. If you had something like a prong collar on, I'd probably fit it to a, a, a flat collar or a martingale. I probably wouldn't be psyched about a dog um, being back tied on, on a prong. But you practice all of these things with the equipment that you use regularly. As a as an everyday practice or a very regular practice, so your dog knows how to be tied out, um, whether it is in the front of your house or whether it is um, out in those social contexts. 
but use the right tools. Don't keep your dog unsupervised. I just don't like the fact that if you can't control your dog in the backyard and you put a a lead on him so you can go out for the day so he doesn't escape the yard or do weird stuff, that's just a recipe for disaster. I think you should have a secure yard or a secure space in your yard where you can keep your dog safely, securely, or you crate train your dog. These are the options. Tying him up, for me, is just not an option. I would never do it. I tie my dogs up to things all the time. But it's in a very short, as we said before, it's a very short social interaction. So Paul Louis, I hope he's I hope he's going good. I haven't heard any feedback. Um, I did speak with the owner because I wanted to kind of know what happened, and I was like the only person there to watch it. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's really hard to explain like how how a dog hurt themselves, and and it's it's not hard to explain. Like I explain exactly how it is, but then you know now they have to you know, do a surgery on their dog's leg and that costs money too. And it's such an un- un- undesirable situation. Now, the dog can be sitting in the backyard. I like the fact that they've given him the front yard, but he's running up and down. He's going behind cars. He's doing weird stuff. So maybe he doesn't need seven or eight meters of, of long lead. Maybe he just needs to be back tied with three meters. Give him enough space to hang out on the patio, go onto the grass or do a pee. And, and that's all you need to do. So there's another episode of Life With Your Dog. Really appreciate you listening once again. And share it with a friend and give us some feedback. Or if there's any other questions that you'd like to for me to address in our Q&A episodes, um, I'm more than happy to hear from you. Until then, you all have a good day and have fun with your dogs. Be well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.